Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. My topic this morning is, who am I? Uh, (laughs) And as Richard said, everything just flowed perfectly. I trust that you've all been enjoying getting into Romans. Chris Alton has done a fantastic job in launching us into Romans. And I have to say that as I grew up in the Lord, I always used to avoid Romans because I found it a bit theological. I'm more of a Colossians, Galatians type of guy, which is a bit more factual. But Chris has helped us introduce us to some profound truth in that book. And just to recap, after a brief introduction, Paul presents the facts of the gospel and his allegiance to it. And then he goes on to explain that humanity is lost and the need for God to intervene in our lives. And then he presents the good news that salvation is available to all, regardless of our sin our heritage, our background, our identity, and that we, all, we are all saved by grace, the undeserved favour of God. And through him we can stand before God justified and not guilty. And then Paul opens up the foundations of freedom that comes from being saved. Freedom from the power of sin. Freedom from the dominion of the law. Freedom to become like Christ. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. The freedom to become like Christ. You know, I want to talk about identity, who we are, who we are in Christ, and not what we think we are. And that is the big issue. You know, a lot of people have an issue with identity today in the world. A person can be identified by many things, by their beliefs, not necessarily their religious beliefs, by their personality, whether they're extrovert or quiet and shy and retiring like myself, whether they're wealthy, what stuff they've got, the car they drive, the job they have, whether they're a dustman or a doctor, whether they're poverty-stricken, whether they have abilities, whether they're good at some things and not at others, their political persuasion, I'm not even going to go there, their sexual orientation, whether they're homosexual, whether they're transgender, whatever, their social category, their social group. And yet none of these things really summarize the person. Because what summarizes the person is what satisfies that God-shaped hole in their heart. That's what summarizes a person. What really defines us is our self-image our mental image of ourselves, our self-esteem, in fact, who we are in Christ. And I know that to be true because everyone I've ever met who's come to Christ has always come to that point and said, who am I and why am I here? What does God, how does God see me and how do I see myself? What does God actually think of me? And how do I see myself in the light of the glorious gospel? That's who I am, and that's what I want to unpack this morning. 
The world has a cry. Who am I? Who am I? There's so many people searching for their identity and where to fit in. There's so many people not realising the potential and the power that they have in Christ. And in Exodus 3, verse 11, Moses is protesting to God because God has told him to go and set his people free. And Moses says this in verse 11. Moses protests to God and he says, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God says this, but I'll be with you. I'll be with you. We're not, some of us are not aware of our identity in God. The potential that we have because we're literally possessed by him. Because he owns us. Can we turn to Romans chapter 8? I thought, seeing as we're doing Romans, we ought to read a bit of Romans. That would be, you know, otherwise Chris will be ringing me up. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature control your mind. Let, so letting the sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and never will. But that's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never pr- please God. But you are not controlled by the sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. And if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all, and Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of Jesus that rose from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when He adopted adopted you as His own children. And now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. That's good news, isn't it? Christ lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We have been adopted as his children. And we are heirs of God's glory. That is amazing. If you've accepted Jesus Christ... That is where you stand. Whether you feel that or not, that is where you stand today. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, then you can and come into the wealth of all that. One of the most important things, I believe, for any believer is to understand who they are in Christ. 
Knowing who you are in Christ brings true joy because that understanding affects everything. Knowing our identity in Christ affects how we look at life. You see, if I was to ask you who you are, or who are you, you'd probably give me your name, you'd probably give me your age, you'd probably tell me where you live or where you've lived, where you were born, what your hobbies were, but all those things are very temporal, they're very external, because the fact is, is in 10 years' time, all of those facts could have changed. The question really is, who I am, not who am I? Because we have another identity. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have another identity that you may not be aware of. Can you see it? Do you know it? Have you lost sight of it? Have you forgotten who really lives in your heart? Because your identity, on, because your identity in Christ doesn't depend on your skin colour, it doesn't depend on your nationality, it doesn't depend on your race, it doesn't depend on your body type, it doesn't depend on your hair colour, if you have hair, it doesn't depend on your employment, it doesn't depend on how others define you, it doesn't depend on what others tell you, it doesn't depend on your past, and it certainly doesn't depend upon your future, because God has already defined us perfect in His Son, the Lord Jesus. Because sometimes we forget our identity. Sometimes we think it's so unobtainable, it can't be discussed, and we can end up chasing after meanless things and possessions and sinful experiences because we try to fit in. We try to be something we're not. We try, the true identity hides something more precious than things and experiences. Because our identity in Christ is eternal. In Romans 12.2, in the J.B. Phillips translation, it says this, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mould, but let God remould your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, and it meets all his demands and moves you towards a goal of maturity. When we discover our true identity, we start to move towards God's plan in our lives. We start to become more effective on the earth. And what I'd like to do now, I'd like to show you a video clip, which is four and a half minutes, and it's from the film The Lion King. And it's a story about somebody who forgets and loses their true identity, and all of a sudden it's revealed to him. Wow. It's a great clip, isn't it? So Simba was, he was the king's son and he'd ran away from all his responsibilities. He had taken on the mantra, Kuna Matata, and he'd left, left his father's kingdom. But the truth of it was, was that he was the king. He was always the king. He was always the rightful heir to his father's kingdom. No matter how he felt, he was the king. And it's so, when the monkey says, you don't even know who you are. And uh, he said, the monkey says to him, you know, he says, you knew my father. And he says, correction, he says, I know your father. And he says, I'm really sorry, but my father's died. And he says, no, look, I'll show him to you. And he touches the water and he says, look, he's alive because he lives 
in you. And, you know, when I look across this congregation, I see people and I see the Father. I see the Father because the Father lives in you. There are traits of the Father in you. I don't, I'm not going to embarrass anybody this morning, but there's certain people, and when I see them, I see Jesus because I see a trait of the Father in them. And that is our identity coming out. And then the Father meets him in the sky and he says, you've forgotten who you are and you've forgotten me. Look inside yourself. You are more than what you have become. And the cry this morning of the Father's heart is, for many of us, and I include myself in this, I can become more than I've already become because God has more for us. Because as we become more like him, we become more like him. It's profound, really. Because God wants us to become more. You see, when we're a follower of Jesus, we're no longer part of this world. We're no longer, as Romans says, we're no longer soaked in sin and under its influence because we're becoming more like him. In Galatians 2.20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life, I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved himself, loved me, and gave, gave his life for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, You're a new creation in him. The old has passed and the new has come. And I'm sorry, but I cannot read that scripture without reading it from the King James. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. We've been called out of this world by our Heavenly Father into, into a new identity. And here's the hard truth. If we've decided to follow Jesus with all our heart, we're never going to fit into this world. We are always going to be the odd ones out. So please, if you're trying to fit in, don't. Because the world's, approved doesn't, the world's approval doesn't matter. Because we have a Heavenly Father who loves us more than anybody else on this earth ever could. His love doesn't change. It never fails. It's eternal. That, for me, is worth giving up the fight of, of getting man's approval. You know, God has called us to be worthy. He says, you are worthy. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Even if you don't feel like it, it's the truth, because it's the Word of God. You know, sometimes we feel insecure in life, and I can be the worst, ask my wife. But I know what the Word of God says. In Hebrews 6.19, it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And my anchor, my, my cord of life is anchored in, in God. He's always with us. He'll always give us his stamp of approval. We don't have to try harder for God to love us. We don't have to beg him to stay. Because these things are part of his character. He wants to be with us. His love is, is very unshakable. In fact, it's not very unshakable. It's totally unshakable. His love is as unshakable as he is himself. 
Once you become a new creation in him, everything changes for the better. You're given a new name, a new identity. You've been rescued from this, the kingdom of sin and darkness and welcomed into God's family. Because as Peter says, we are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. We are called out of darkness into his wonderful life. Hallelujah. I've been a Christian for quite a while. And when I first got saved, I didn't know what it was to be a child of the king. I didn't know what that meant. I used to be in a church, and one of the leaders used to regularly go around saying, I'm a child of the king, I'm a child of the king, I'm a son of the king, I'm a son of the king. And I used to look at him and I used to think, well, my dad's a pork butcher and he works at Walker's in Leicester. <laughs> and I honestly believed that. I didn't see that at all. And um, I just thought it was just a, a silly thing to say. But on the 6th of June, 1986, I was sat in the City Hall, Sheffield, and a man was preaching to me. And he suddenly opened the Word of God to me. And I loved it this morning when Russell went, we've got to read this word. And you know, in Market Harbour, somebody last week accused me of only having one message. So here it is. (laughs) I like what God says about me in this word. He says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He says that I will live a life of health, that he will never see me begging for bread. And you know, I know that some people have problems and issues. I know that some people are full of fear today. You need to read this word. I know people have got problems with their children today. You need to read this word. I know people might be struggling in their marriage today. You need to read this word. People might be struggling in their finances today. You need to read this word. If you just come on a Sunday and the only time you open this word is when Richard says turn to page whatever, you're not reading this word enough. Because this word transforms and changes your life. That's my only message. I tell you, I could go way off track now. I really could. I'm really trying hard. But God has changed my life because I've lived my life by this word. And if the Bible don't say it, then I don't do it. That's how we need to live our lives, folks. That's what we need to do. And if you're somebody that only reads this word once or twice a week, then I I beg you from the bottom of my heart, spend time in this word because it will change your life, seriously damage your life for the better. It seriously will. (laughs) Please don't tell anybody I said that at Market Harbour because I'll get into trouble. Do you know how special you are in God's eyes? And this is what the Bible says about you. And when I say you, I mean you. I don't mean the person sat next to you. I don't mean the person sat in front of you or behind you. I am speaking to you. The Bible says that you are his own special possession. You really are. In Deuteronomy 14.2 it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people of his treasured possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. You are special to God. The Bible says 
that you are chosen and handpicked by God who created the universe. You are chosen and handpicked by God who created the universe. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And Ephesians 1.4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and faultless. I heard something really sad the other day. I was in a meeting and somebody was talking about their parents and this man said to me, he said, oh, I don't have any parents. He said, um, he said My, I was found in a paper bag on a doorstep. And another lady in the room said, she said, oh, she said, I was the, the product of, a, of a too many glasses of wine. And I just want to say that there are no mistakes with God. There are no mistakes with God. And if you're here this morning and you don't know who your parents are, if you're adopted or that's something that hurts deep within your heart, know this, that there are no mistakes with God. And before the foundations of the world, you were a twinkle in his eye. He knew about you before the earth was even sums into existence. He knew everything about you. It was in Psalm 139, it says, all the days of my life are written in a book. That's how God feels about us. There are no mistakes with God. You're treasured. God treasures you. In Deuteronomy 7, it says, we're a holy people belonging to the Lord, a special treasure, his own special treasure. We're irreplaceable. My wife often tells me that. (laughs) But you know, sometimes you could have a beautiful vase and somebody could say, yesterday my wife and I, we went to Blenheim and we were walking around Woodstock and we went in some antique shops and there were some beautiful vases and they were hundreds and hundreds of pounds and they were irreplaceable. If you drop them, they're irreplaceable. And that's how God looks at us. We're so valuable to him, and we're irreplaceable. God loves us beyond compare. John 3.16, we all know what that says, but I'm going to read it. (laughs) For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only sons that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Russ this morning read from Romans. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons... Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus. Can you see what I mean about reading the Word? If you wake up every morning and read that, you really enjoy your cornflakes. No, you don't really enjoy your cornflakes. You go to work with a spring in your step. That's a great way to start. He 
He says in his word that I was worth dying for. Oh, I'm struggling with that one myself. I was worth dying for. In Romans 5 it says, Now most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right by God's sight, by the blood of Jesus, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. (laughs) That is amazing. That is amazing. This is you I'm talking to. Nobody else. We're forgiven. Romans 8.1 There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And in Ephesians 1.7 he said, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom, the blood of the Son, and he forgave us our sins. Amen. You. <laughs> you are his child. See how in 1 John 3.1 it says, See how much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that's who we are. I am a son of God. Because the people who belong to this world don't recognise that we are God's children because they don't know Him. And when we know Him, we know who the children of God are. My eternity is secure. That's something else I know because of my identity. My eternity is secure. In John 10, it says, I give them eternal life that they never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch me from the the Father's hand. My dad is bigger than your dad. Do you remember that? But he is. And he holds our lives in the palm of his hand, and he will not allow anybody to come and take me away from him. We've got to start reading that word. I need to read it more. I'm set free. Yes. Romans 6 says, Now you are free from the slavery of sin because you are slaves to righteousness. And in Galatians 5.1 it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery of the law. God has set me apart. I like this one. John 15. You didn't choose me. I chose you. We're back to the foundations of the world again. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. God chose you. He chose you. He chose you. think about those scriptures for a minute that's God speaking about you not I know he's speaking about us but he's actually speaking about you this is you this is you in Christ this is who you are in Christ this is your permanent identity it can't be removed messed up forsaken taken away or changed This is your identity in Christ. This is who you are at work, at home, on a good day, on a bad day, when you didn't get the promotion or the pay rise, 
when you're sitting by yourself, when life doesn't go exactly the way you wanted it to do. And sometimes when you've sinned so severely, you don't know how God's going to forgive you. But he does, because that's your identity. It doesn't change. You could say to me, well, Steve, on a good day, I, could, I can sort of embrace that. But when the bottom comes out of my world, when things don't go wrong or doubts arise, I don't know whether I could do that. But no matter how you feel today, or who you used to be, or what you're going through, your identity with your loving Father is completely and utterly secure. Because Jesus died and rose again for the forgiveness of your sins. This is who you are in Christ. So be encouraged. Live in your identity of Christ. It's not so much that you, you understand your identity in Christ, but it's more important that you actually live in it, that you understand it in a sense that you take it all on board. When was the last time that you looked at yourself as God's special chosen child? When was the last time that you made a decision with confidence that you've been set free into love and grace? You know, so oftentimes we look at ourselves and we say, oh, we're stupid, we're ugly, we're too scared. But that's not who we are, friends. Because God doesn't do stupid, scared and ugly. He doesn't. Let me just read you a scripture. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. They were created in the image of God. And the image of God isn't stupid, scared and ugly. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. There we are again. That we should walk in them. You are a masterpiece of God. Chosen and made by his hands. I have a word for somebody here this morning, and it's this. Hear the Lord singing over you this morning in your new identity. Christ is embracing you as a child and expressing how he loves you more than you could imagine. That's the Father heart of God towards us this morning. That's the word of God to us this morning. That God is singing over us. He's rejoicing over us. He's holding us tight in his arms. He's expressing love to us like we could not imagine. That's who I am in Christ. Our accomplishments may be great, but they don't qualify us for God's love. They don't add a smidgen to any value in God's eyes. For his love is totally and utterly unconditional. But once we have that identity in Christ, once we see that, once we take that on board, once we truly know it, we really are the children of God. When you see yourself as Christ sees you, or when you start to, you see others that way too. You really do. 
It really helps you when you see yourself as Christ sees you. Because you see others and you see, you see facets of Christ in them. And it starts to give us a real steadiness in our faith. A real security. And our actions and our speech and our lives really then start to express Christ. We find more opportunities to share the gospel because as our identity in Christ becomes more apparent, people see something different in us. And we've all experienced that, haven't we? People say, oh, there's something different about you. That's the identity of Christ leeching out of you. And that's why we're here, to share the gospel. So this morning, I just want to leave you with this. Remember who you are. Remember what the Father says about you. And if you're not sure what the Father says about you, it's all in there. Because it's in Him that our true identity can be found. Because we are children of God. And I think that's worth celebrating. I think that you're worth celebrating. Let's just stand in His presence. Father, I thank you that you are singing over us this morning. That we are indeed your treasured possession. That, Father, before the foundations of the world, you chose us. We didn't choose you, you chose us. And, Lord, my prayer this morning for everyone in this room, and I include myself, is that we would know him more and more that we would know what our position in Christ is, that we would allow the Word of God to change us, that we would know where we stand in Him, that you would allow your, your Word and your Spirit to so infuse into our lives that we would become Jesus on the earth to those around us. Yes. Father, I just pray that if there are those here this morning that are struggling with their identity, that they don't really embrace or understand who they are in Christ, Lord, I just pray that you would meet them, Lord, where they are, that they would receive a revelation, Lord, of who they are, and that, Lord, for all of us, that we will become more than we already are. In your Son's precious name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>